Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The spread of the COVID Delta variant prompts investor concern. The sell-off in the stock market. The Delta variant, which is more transmissible, more dangerous, but we can't let up. Temperatures in lower 100s. The summer of climate change. On the Facebook of all the misinformation. Misinformation poses a threat to our nation's health. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Monday, a new week. And uh, stock market uh, wasn't too happy today. The uh, Dow was down 725 points, almost down 900 points at one time today. Uh, S&P 500 down uh, 68 the Nasdaq down 152. Interesting, the um, selling intensified as the day went on. It, it swung back and forth. What's uh, interesting, though, is a number of outlets are reporting that the reason why it was such a bad day was because of new COVID-19 infections. And they go on to report that there was a jump in the uh, new variant, the Delta variant, continues to spread. The, the Delta variant apparently is contagious, but it's not deadly. I mean, not deadly in the sense that it's just wiping out individuals as the previous COVID did, and most of the people that are getting it and are dying are unvaccinated people. Uh, Fox Business reports that deaths rose to an average of 250 a day, mostly in unvaccinated people. But just to put it in perspective, according to the CDC back in 2019, 7,821 people die each day in the United States. 1,800 people, over 1,800 people die each day from heart disease. Over 1,600 die each day from cancer. And guess what? If you die from something other than COVID, but you test positive for COVID, you're listed as a COVID death. Let's be real clear here. If COVID is making the stock market spooked, It's not COVID. It's the liberals' reaction to COVID. It's this deep desire to shut down the world when COVID— There's a story out, just broke this afternoon on Fox News. Dr. Anthony Fauci came out and said the Academy, the American Academy of Pediatricians— recommending that all children three years old and older wear a mask is a good idea. (laughs) Uh, Follow the science. Follow the data. Masks do no good. And you're going to have three-year-old kids who don't get it and don't transmit it. If they do get it, the chances of them dying of COVID is astronomically small. Now, the truth of the matter is, I don't think it's COVID as much as I I would say it's the economy and inflation. The Daily Wire reported last week the inflation rate has risen to 5.4% in the largest month-over-month increase since 2008. 
Hmm. Who was elected in 2008? From the beginning of this year, the Department uh, of Labor's monthly inflation data has routinely outpaced economic forecast. Americans' predictions for inflation have also reached record highs. The survey of consumer expectations revealed that the median one-year inflation expectations among consumers climbed to 4.8% in June, a 0.8% increase since last month. Earlier today, Joe Biden dismissed the concerns in a speech he gave, quote, our experts believe the data shows that the uh, that most of the price increases we've seen were expected and are expected to be temporary, Biden said. Temporary, meaning like until you're out of office. He went on to say, reality is you can't flip the, glo- the, global, the global economic light back on and not expect this to happen. Joe Biden is claiming that he is turning the global economic light back on. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Giving away money to the point that nobody's going out looking for a job. Every business out there is begging for employees. Employers can't find help. Come on, man. Employers can't find help. He shuts down the pipeline. He shuts down jobs. He takes away oil drilling and fracking leases on federal land. And he's turning on the economic light. (laughs) That's a real challenge, Biden. My administration is doing everything we can to address it. But these disruptions are temporary. Hmm. That's nice, Joe. Why am I here? (laughs) I wish I knew. You're here because and I've got I've got a good story on that, too, Joe. You're here because you stole the election. Come on, man. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Town Hall is reporting, uh, speaking of covid. That um, it's it's a rather cynical article article out of town hall, but you've probably heard L.A. County is now reinstituting masks indoors, including people who have been vaccinated. I mean, isn't this sort of strange that you beg and beg and beg for everybody to get vaccinated? They go out and get vaccinated. And again, this is somewhere between 60 and 70 percent of Americans are vaccinated. And yet you still come back and say, we still have to wear a mask, even if you're vaccinated in L.A. County. By the way, did you hear the sheriff in L.A. County said, screw you, Gavin, we ain't doing it. So over the weekend, nine people died of of this new variant of COVID. Nine in Los Angeles County that has a population of over 10 million. Okay, that is... One hundredth of one percent, a hundredth of one percent is how many people died of COVID in Los Angeles uh, over the weekend. If look, if only nine people died in Chicago from violence, we would be praising that as a great statistical weekend for Chicago. Writer David Bosson noted that the only way this madness will end is if people in mass stop following the dictatorial science fiction based on nonsense. Fauci and his quack squad have peddled this for months. 
With these figures, there's no way the vaccinated should be forced to lock down and put in the lockdown mode again. Breakthrough infections are rare. Three vaccinations are available. Your choice. If you want to get vaccinated, fine. But again, here's the other question. Why isn't a part of this discussion those people who have immunity, those people who have had COVID? And again, we talked about this on Friday. A number of uh, medical uh, institutions are coming out and saying that having and survived, having COVID, being a survivor of COVID, you've got more immunity than if you had the vaccination. And yes, two more Texas Democrats have tested positive for coronavirus during their trip to Washington. Just one day after three of their colleagues learned they had uh, contracted the virus as well. And, of course, you've heard, no doubt, that uh, Kamala Harris—I <laughs> heard Henry talking about this this morning—Kamala uh, went to Walter Reed Hospital on Sunday for a routine visit. Who goes, to, who goes on a Sunday for a routine visit to uh, Walter Reed? Um, but yet, she did. Can you imagine, and and nobody's reporting, none none of the mainstream media reporting on this, but can you imagine if Donald Trump had gone to Walter Reed over the weekend for a routine visit at Walter Reed Hospital? They would be demanding, with torches and pitchforks, demanding that Donald Trump come clean with all the details. Not a peep out of the mainstream media on Kamala's routine visit to Walter Reed. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the Dems are up in D.C. Here's the interesting question that needs to be asked on this. These Democrats have fled to D.C. There is an article in the Daily Wire talking about and asking the question, who is paying for this? Who is paying for—it's estimated now that they will spend— $1.5 $1.5 million on this Washington, D.C. jaunt. Who's, who's, who's coughing up the money? And now, Beto O'Rourke apparently raised a half million dollars as a result of uh, this junket. Not clear whether or not that has gone to cover the cost, this $1.5 million jaunt to D.C. But um, nonetheless... They're up there. Who's paying for it? Uh, this is this is a whole lot bigger than just these Texas Democrats fleeing the state. Uh, whether it's George Soros, whether it's the DNC, uh, this is a big deal. They know that the liberals know that if that this will pass in Texas, this will become law. The only way they can prevent this is by staying out of the out of the state until August. Uh, then they will dearly delay it. I mean, eventually it will come back. But nobody knows who's paying for this. It's a big secret. Even NBC noted that who's paying for it, that's the, that's the open question. Will we find out? That's the open question. But I guarantee you it's some large liberal group, and uh, eventually they'll connect the dots. But uh, good question. Who's paying for it? We got to take a time out. Five six one eight two five five. When we get back, uh, lots to talk about. We'll get to your phone calls and uh, 
Some interesting things happening with CRT in our county schools here in North Carolina. We'll talk about that when we get back. Stay with us. A collection of question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the whats, and the wheres. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. News and Views for a Monday. Take a look at your weather forecast. Showers and possibly a thunderstorm tonight. Chance of rain is 80% tonight. Could see another quarter inch of rain in eastern Carolina. Uh, Tuesday, unfortunately, more of the same. Chance of rain tomorrow is about 60%. And uh, again, tomorrow night, the same. Tomorrow's high should be about 84. The low tomorrow night should be about 73. The same again for tonight. And Wednesday, uh, just a 30% chance of rain. So, I, you know, the, the good news is we're not in a drought. The farmers are happy. Five six one eight two five five. Let's go down to Moorhead City. We have Toby on the line. Hey, Toby. Hey, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. What can I do for you? Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've been looking into this uh, COVID for uh, obviously following it for quite a quite a while, and um, I, I I know people touch on it, and um, but one thing I don't necessarily hear is uh, um, you know, some of the factual, um, data out there on which uh, obviously our CDC does not advertise on our, our false, false positive rates of the, uh, of either the rapid or the PCR testing. And, and I've, I'm sure others have, of course, come across a lot of data and some, and some very reputable articles in terms of number one, the, the PCR test. And one thing that's interesting is I never knew until recently that uh it's on the cdc's fact check sheet that the pcr test is actually um under an emergency use authorization uh for starters the uh they didn't have a copy of the live virus when they first uh approved this pcr test which tells you something and then um there's a wonderful article by dr uh yeadon y-e-a-d-o-n from the uk that that has challenged basically that the, the fauci of the uk on the data, this guy is a former Pfizer uh, scientist, executive, um, has worked in, the, in that industry for years. And he crunched the numbers because it, it didn't make sense to him. This article is from September of 20. And he has basically found, and, and Britain has done pillar testing. So pillar one, they're all the way up to pillar uh, four now with mass testing. And what they have found, he has found, especially for asymptomatic folks, is the PCR false positive rate, which is known for any test, there should be a false positive rate. He has calculated, and it's a wonderful article and very scientific, that essentially 90% false positive rate of their PCR test. It is the biggest hoax known to man, and that was for Pillar 2. And that's all their Department of Health uh, data that he uh, got his hands on and crunched these numbers. And then Pillar 1 was even worse, if you can believe it. Um, and it's a, it, it's an, it, it, I imagine if you Google Dr. Yeadon, um, you could probably come across the article, but even so spell his name example, again, like, spell his name again, Dr. Y-E-A, 
Y E A D O N from okay. the from the UK. Doctor Yeadon, former uh, Pfizer executive. Interesting. Um, and, and he submitted a, and I'll, and I'll forward to your. I'll, I'll get on your website and I'll forward. Uh, I'll share this article. But even for example, the like the Elon Musk article in the LA Times, where in one day he tests two positive and two negative. Um, ended up getting on a Twitter feed with a, with a Dr. Min. Um, they went back and forth and then had a private conversation about the PCR test because he was a real um, kind of questioning the, the whole COVID uh, aspect of it. And it's it, and you can go to the CDC and FDA websites and read this. What they don't tell you is the actual false positive rate. And it's all about driving the narrative. And again, I'm not saying COVID isn't real, and I'm not saying people haven't died of it, of course. But those folks that just go through Dodger Stadium, hundreds of thousands, and quite honestly, another article just released from the LA Times of how Curative, which is the company that was hired to set up the Dodger Stadium, um, COVID, uh, uh, I guess, testing center, and they have multiple testing centers around the United States have made billions off of this. Um, well, people are making they, big money off this. Don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And they, they have requested from the FDA to pull their PCR test approval because, uh, and what the article in the LA, LA Times, of all things, has, has found is, uh, well, these hundreds of thousands of folks that have come up positive, uh, we really don't know what the status is, if it's real or not, if you're truly a positive. They're not. It's it's an absolute hoax. And the data and the, and, and the FDA and the CDC, you can go to their websites and read it. Right. And, and they can tell you how faulty the rapid and PCR tests are. They just don't tell you the numbers of the false positives. And that is the biggest hoax because the PCR has been considered the gold standard. It is not. It was not when you talk to folks in the vet and, 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 and scientific world community. It is not the gold standard. It was never made to diagnose a, a pandemic disease like this. That's why it's under emergency use authorization. Hey, hey Toby, let, let's let, do this. Um, hang on the line, and I'm going to get you to give your information to our producer, and we'll get it up on our website, News and Views. Uh, ENCnewsandviews.com. Uh, fascinating stuff. I mean, the point you're making, Toby, is is one we've talked about before. I mean, you're going to a whole lot more detail, and frankly, uh, you're above my pay grade in, in uh, some of the things you're saying. But it is quite obvious that they have changed um, the way they calculate whether or not you are uh, you, you have COVID based on how many molecules they find per whatever. Uh, but the other the other interesting thing, though, too, is the way they have uh, calculated the deaths. I mean, it is well, well known that uh, a number of people who have died, if they had COVID when they died, it was listed as a COVID death, which greatly inflates. I mean, first of all, people that are sick, that are dying and get COVID, of course, I mean, they're going to succumb because they've got a double whammy on them, but it's listed as a COVID death. I mean, for that matter, if you're in an automobile accident and you tested positive for COVID, it, it, believe it or not, it's listed as a COVID death. So, yeah, there is uh, not only are there false positives, whether or not you have it, but there are a lot of false narratives out there if you die and you have uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, interesting stuff. 
Go uh, again. Get that information to uh, Clark, and we'll get it up on our uh, on our webpage, ENC uh, News and Views. I did want to talk about um, a couple of articles that were out today. Uh, first of all, the News and Observer has got an article out. North Carolina school boards and Republican-leaning counties are taking steps. They will prevent uh, that will prevent the teaching of CRT, critical race theory. And some teachers have come out now and said, "Oh, this could lead to witch hunts." Uh, last week, school boards in Cabarrus, Johnson, and Moore counties passed resolutions that saying they are going to keep. CRT from being taught in their school systems. The measures talk about such things as not teaching about social theories, not promoting that people should feel discomfort, guilt, or anguish solely because of their race or sex. The, um, this is just to make it real clear that we expect our teachers what they should do concerning critical race theory, according to Moore County Schools Board Ed Dennison, And yet you've got educators who say these policies are too vague. I mean, I don't know what's vague about it. You're not going to teach CRT. That's not vague. Uh, They go on and say, oh, this is going to have a chilling effect. Parents are going to go after teachers for discussing anything in the class they dislike. No, they're not. I mean, quite frankly, this is the first time parents have raised their collective voices on an issue they, they probably should have raised their collective voices on a number of other issues before this. This is finally the straw that co- broke the camel's back. April Lee, who is president of the Johnson County Association of Educators, said last week, it's going to incite witch hunts for teachers. She went on to say, so I need to prepare to be, I need you to be prepared. I need you to be prepared for us to fight back. Now, this is her addressing teachers. It's unfair and it's terrible. You have done a disservice to us, talking to those um, county commissioners and school boards who have said, you're not going to teach CRT in our county. Uh, This is interesting. So, Ms. Lee, what do you mean when you say you're going to fight back? Now, we've already heard from peers of yours in like positions who have proclaimed that the plan is to ignore such laws. They will teach CRT despite any state or local laws. But, but the, the interesting thing is uh, you can't have it both ways. On one hand, they come out and they say, well, we're not teaching CRT in the public school systems. But then they turn around and they say, but it doesn't matter if you pass these laws or not. We're still going to uh, teach CRT. You call it a witch hunt. You know what? There are a lot of parents out there that would call it accountability. And frankly, you know, I would suspect that this is this is a red herring and that you're trying to incite teachers that, oh, they're going to be the victims if you allow allow accountability in our school systems. I would I would submit that there are a lot of teachers out there that are happy, that are pleased that you have school boards, you have parents that are fighting back on the CRT because they don't want to have to teach this. And quite frankly, they, they're hesitant to speak their voice because of retribution. Look, the, the people that are, that are pushing CRT in our school systems are, are people like the president of 
an association of educators. They're the ones that are that are pushing this, not the teachers themselves. Now, I'm sure there's some teachers out there that would love to push this. But I would have to think that a plurality, if not a majority of the teachers out there, are perfectly fine with not having to teach t- uh, CRT. It's really interesting. The UNC Chapel Hill History Department came out and said critical race theory is, are you ready for this? Critical race theory is a scholarly framework that describes how race, class, gender, and sexuality organize American life. This view holds that systemic racism has been and continues to be a part of the nation's history. (laughs) Really? A scholarly framework. What is scholarly about the proclamation that one race is morally, ethically, and intellectually inferior to another race, and one race is superior to another race? What is scholarly about that? But yet the UNC history department, and why what the history department? The, um, the local actions take place as Republicans at the state level are promoting legislation that we would uh, prevent schools from indoctrinating students by promoting critical race theory concepts. Democrat lawmakers say the legislation would lead to history being whitewashed with teachers becoming fearful of what they can say. You know, I think teachers are fearful of what they can say, but it's not from the conservatives. They're fearful of what they have to say, that if they don't kowtow to the liberal propaganda, they will be vilified by their liberal peers, overlooked for a promotion, or even canned because they haven't followed the propaganda. Rick Mercer, a former candidate for the Johnson County School Board, said the policy would drive away some of the district's best teachers and make it hard to attract new talent. <laughs> Oh, yes, um, you, you, you conservatives are ruining our perfect public school systems. I, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think so. You know, I say that, and I want to say that, and, and somebody's already on the phone. I, I, anyway, let, let, I'll, I'll get, is, is it Ron? Uh, Mike, okay, I'll get to Mike in a second. But while, while I'm on this, I, I do want to point out, and if you're, and this is probably in school and counties all across the country, at least across the United uh, or across North Carolina. If you're a parent of a Pitt County student in the public school system, the American Rescue Plan, the ARP, American Rescue Plan, that's the the Joe Biden Rescue Plan. The Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief, it's called ESSER, E-S-S-E-R, Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief, they've got a fund there that's providing a total of $122 billion to states to help safely reopening and sustaining the safe operation of schools and addressing the impacts of the coronavirus Uh, the pandemic on the nation's students by addressing students' academic, social, emotional, and mental health needs. Of this amount, North Carolina is supposed to receive $3.6 billion. The North Carolina state plan outlines how the state will implement the grant program and track its outcomes. If you go to the Pitt County Schools website, and and I would, no matter where you are in eastern North Carolina, I would go to your county's website. Just Google it. 
uh, in Pitt County, you can go to pitt.k12.nc.us. Your your county's school system probably has a very similar website. Go Google your county and you can find out. But this elementary and secondary schools emergency relief, in this relief, they have got a um, about, well, they've got $527,338 allocated to hire two equity co-directors to provide for the district, the school district, they will oversee equity and culturally responsive teaching strategies. Uh, the description goes on to provide training and lead programming around diversity, equity, and inclusion, increase the, ca- uh, the capacity of district staff, and create district's equity teams to include teachers and other school staff and students, families, and the community at large. The impact of hiring these co-directors should be a direct result of building staff capacity at all schools, which will translate to building relationships with all students and providing culturally relevant uh, relevancy for all students. Uh, Listen, this does not pass the smell test. I'm sorry, but this does not pass the smell test. This, to me, stinks of CRT. I'm, I'm connecting the dots. The other interesting thing about this is, and, and by the way, if you're a parent, you, they, they have, and it's only until Thursday in Pitt County. I don't know what it is like in, in your county. A, why hasn't there been more notice of this from the county school system to parents to let them, because you can go on to uh, the Pitt County website or your county's website, scroll down, and you're going to see this information on elementary and secondary schools emergency relief. Scroll down, and there's a place there for you to comment on what you think of this. But I, I'm sorry. Now, it okay, it doesn't say CRT, but, boy, this stinks of CRT. This stinks of critical race theory. And I think this is just code speak for CRT to get into the curriculum of Eastern Carolina schools. And, I, yes, I'm quite I, – I am absolutely sure – if I had a call right now from somebody in the Pitt County school system, they would absolutely say, Lamprecht, you're totally incorrect. You don't know what you're talking about. I, I absolutely know it, and I don't believe it for a second. And uh, thank goodness a parent came across this. I was notified. A parent found out about it. She has started a campaign to get people to go to the website and comment. I mean, a half million dollars for equity training. Equity. That's that is code speak for CRT. And I mean, how many how many teachers are being told, no, you can't have an assistant to help you out? No, you can't have extra whatever you need for your classroom. But boy, we can come up with a half million dollars. And granted, oh, oh well, Tom, it's federal money. <laughs> it's it's funny money. It's phony money. Don't worry about it. It's phony money. Look, we don't want this in the public school system. You better go check it out. Five six one eight two five five. Look, we got to take a time out, and I promise we'll get to your phone calls as soon as we do. Hold on, I promise we'll get to your phone calls. We got to take a time out. We'll be right back.
This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in 561-8255 or 866-963-1037. Let's go to uh, Havelock. We have Mike on the line. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing, Tom? I'm doing well. What's up? I think you're absolutely wrong about the teachers today. Okay. Uh, I think I think that, that uh, the vast majority of them are 100% on board with this crap because uh, the vast majority of them came out of the indoctrination camps at what they used to call universities, and uh, they've been taught this stuff for the last 30 years, and that's what they believe in. And the idea that there might be one or two holdouts in each school I probably believe that, but the vast majority of them, I think that they're fully on board with this. They're they're just 100% indoctrinated into it. Yeah, I don't know what the percentages are. I I would, uh, but I would say dogmatically that they that not all the teachers are buying in to what they're being forced to teach. And the reason why I say that is I know some of them, and I've talked to some of them, and I I know for a fact that they're you know they're tolerating it. And for those people that don't want to be forced, even if they are a minority, that don't want to be forced to teach that, they need to have some protection because there will be some sort of retribution back against them if they don't follow the narrative of the progressives and those CRT apostles. Well, first off, we need to stop stop right now calling them progressives or liberals because they're not. we need to call them what they are, and that, and that is Marxist. Yeah, well, that's what CRT um, is, and I haven't hesitated to call the CRT propaganda Marxist. I, but I think there are a lot of naive um, lemmings out there that are useful idiots to the cause that wouldn't consider themselves Marxist. But, uh, you know, Marxism succeeds because of useful idiots, and there's, there's plenty of those out there. Mike, we've got a bad connection. I don't mean to cut you off. We've got a bad connection. Let's go to Patricia in Pantigo. Hey, Patricia, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to hear from you. Uh, yes, I attended an event last week, and we had a speaker out of Johnson County. Mm-hmm. And she is, um, has done a lot of research on critical race theory and how it's being used in the different school systems in North Carolina. And they're not calling it critical race theory simply because that's how they can get by with saying we're not teaching. Right. Um, there are certain words, key words, that can cue a person in to know that they are, in fact, teaching critical race theory. Um, so parents have the opportunity to go to any classes and learn about this. They should do that. Um, My hunch is one of those words is probably equity. Well, it's equity... Um, it's an abbreviation called MTSS. Um, teaching tolerance is another key term. Um, I'm trying to look through some of my notes. Yes, teaching tolerance, learning for justice, making sense of privilege. Uh, you can also find a lot of information if you go to your county website and look at their media center and look up books 
that they are using in the library and using for teaching. And you can find out there a lot of information also. You know, the silver lining of all this, Patricia, is the fact that parents like you, and I don't know if you have kids in school right now, but parents are getting involved. And for the longest time, I mean for years and decades, going back decades, Parents have just assumed I can trust the government school system with my kids. They send their yes. kids there, and if there's a silver lining to this, parents have awakened and saying, "What in the world is going on?" And they're being informed. They're going. They're they're making their voices heard. There was a situation down in New Hanover County. The school board became so heated last week, they had to in in the uh, meeting early. In, uh, down in Johnson County, which you referred to, county commissioners said at a meeting in June they'd withhold $7.9 million until the school board yeah. passed a policy banning critical race theory. So, yeah. uh, the, the, again, if there's a silver lining to this, it's that people are getting involved and saying, no, we're not going to let the Marxists continue to have their way. That's positive. Uh, but yes, there's a lot yeah. of work to be done. Patricia, thanks for the call. Thanks for the insight. David, hang on. We're going to get to your phone call. We've got to take a break real quick. Uh, 561-8255. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Talking about critical race theory in our schools. And uh, it's interesting, A article out today on uh, Town Hall, Education Secretary uh, Cardona, on Friday, he backed off of his proposal to create a new grant that was seen as encouraging the teaching of critical race theory and the 1619 Project. And again, we're, we're teaching fiction here, uh, but, but you know that if you listen to this program. Mr. Cardona's decision came after the department received more than 35,000 comments on the proposed grants, with most of the comments objecting to the grants to promote teaching U.S. history through the prism of race and highlighting the impact of slavery. And uh, this happened because the folks at the Heritage Foundation, uh, Noah Weinrich, were the ones that called people to action. So again, people are waking up, people are getting involved, people are saying enough is enough. And uh, now whether or not that will affect this American Rescue Plan elementary and secondary schools emergency relief which, uh, again, is to hire two equity co-directors in the Pitt County Schools and probably in your county schools. Uh, again, you need to go to your county school website and find out if that is in there. And there's a place for comments. You need to comment on it. 561-8255. Let's go to David. Hey, David, how are you, sir? Just fine. How are you today? Doing well. Good to hear from you. Uh, quick question. Did I hear you correctly earlier in the broadcast before you opened the phones that it's the uh, progressives that are afraid of witch hunts if there isn't CRT? Yeah, yeah. yes, th th that is okay. what they said. Okay, so yeah. let me ask you this question. Critical race theory taught in schools. Mm -hmm. I don't know what grade they'll start at, but uh, you're basically teaching kids not to like themselves because of what they are. Then you have cancel culture. If you don't agree with the liberal progressive line, you'll get canceled. Isn't that in itself a witch hunt? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a very, very common practice for people. And you see the Democrats and the, and the liberals and the Marxists and the progressives, whatever you want to call them, you see them doing mm -hmm. this all the time, all the time. 
they will accuse yeah, so, you of the very thing that they themselves are doing. Happens right, all the time. So they, they will say that we're, you know, they're the pot calling the kettle black, but God Bingo. forbid we do it to them. And, and what I see happening, and God, I, I can't stand it. Thank God my grandchildren are in private school. But uh, they're going to back the conservatives in this country into the proverbial corner. And at some point, we're going to come out of that corner. And I don't think we're going to be what you'd call sociable. Yeah, I don't know who's going to get backed into the corner. Are they going to back us or are we going to back them? And I mean that sincerely. Well, right I'm not. Like I'm not. Back... Go ahead, Dave. I'm just. I, I, right now, it seems like they're backing us into the corner because they're, you know they're getting this CRT in place. They're they they've got cancel culture in place, and we're 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 not really doing anything to retaliate. I just hope that we wake up and in the midterms in November. Um, well, I don't know. I would say this when when you and I didn't even get to the story down in Georgia where they have found just numerous people, uh, more people voted illegally in Georgia. And then now they're trying to they're, they're starting to find this out. More people voted mm-hmm. illegally in Georgia than the margin of victory that Joe Biden had down there. But oh, I know. so, and I mean, it's those, kind of, the only state. it's those kind of things that you've got to say to yourself, well, wait a minute, if they've got to cheat in a election in order to get in power do they really have that power or is it is it something that they want to project that they're in power they want to project that this was a legal election that everything is fine and dandy but is it so technically they do have the power right oh they do yeah i acknowledge that but 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 how long are they going to hold on to november yeah well i'm hoping next november you know uh november next year right that they're going to finally learn what the true definition of a of a shellacking is. Well, it it would it would have been a shellacking this last time had we had a fair election. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's the key. I, I I say that over and over again. But that the key is, and this is why we need to make sure on the state level, and we can only take care of North Carolina, but on a state level, state after state, where the Republicans are in in control, they need to do what. And again, back into the corner. Look, it's the Democrats from Texas that are up there in D.C. cowering because they don't want to see a fair election law passed in the state of Texas. So oh, yeah. and, and it's, it, you know, th- they break the rules. They do what they want. And uh, it's it's uh, very frustrating. There doesn't seem to be any kind of ramifications uh, when when you do something wrong. If you're a liberal uh, exhibit, a actually might be uh, you hear the guy up in uh or down in Florida, was uh, sentenced to eight months in jail today uh, for the January 6th deal. Uh, when when did you see anybody thrown in jail for the riots of last summer? Hey, we got it wrong. Good program. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5.